Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Welcome back to another terrific episode of Unschooled Unleashed. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, and today we're going to cover the joy of math, really how to teach math at home, especially for beginners, uh, how to get them engaged, how to integrate it into daily life, and that kind of stuff. So if that interests you and you think it'll be helpful, uh, stay tuned. So let's dive in. Making math fun for beginners, how to teach math at home for younger children. And honestly, it's not just for younger children, it's for any children who don't know math, but often that's the younger children. And we're really talking about the basics at this point. So uh, we're gonna cover today uh, how to make math fun, integrate it all into your life and some strategies how to do that, how I do it, maybe some personal examples and all that as well. So the first thing that I wanna cover is the power of math in everyday life. It's all around us. All around us. If it's that important in our life, then we should be able to point to it and say, there's math. So paying attention to this is very important, I think, in pointing it out to our children. I think math is a foundational skill for a child's education and future success, especially in the future. And I think it's less about being able to do it on paper, more about the theoretical understanding of it. So having the understanding of how to do math, uh, I think, and being able to move parts around to make sense of the world, I think is gonna be very important. I remember when I was in school, and this is gonna be a staple of my generation, I'm sure. They used to say, uh, when I was you know, writing math down and learning how to do all that, <clears throat> they would say, I, I would ask, why do I have to know this? And they would say, well, you're not gonna carry around a calculator in your pocket all day, are you? And the truth is, I do carry a calculator in my pocket all day called my cell phone, which is, so funny that the world's like that now. Um, so I think that as computers intelligence increases and um, cell phone power increases, you know, that kind of thing, I, I'm able to do quite a bit more with just the theoretical understanding of math and the how-to as opposed to learning how to do it on paper. Now, I don't want to under, I don't want to say that I'm not teaching my children that. It's not that I'm not teaching my children that. I place more of an emphasis on mental math and uh, the theoretical understanding over running through equations but again we i do do think there's value in that uh, even in the future i think that understanding mathematical logic is also essential in various aspects of life so that's why another reason why i think teaching math is important for example finances um just daily tasks like understanding um how to pay your bills or going shopping and doing the math on that kind of stuff uh, even professional careers, as you go to work, you're using math, um, understanding the world and, you know, what's going on in the world, you need to understand math and you can be deceived by math very easily. So having your um, little uh, detector 
on to be able to sense something that is not accurate, I think is very helpful as well. Otherwise, we can be misled in this world. And I think that's going to increase as time goes on as well. So being able to have this theoretical understanding of math, logical understanding of math, I think is important, not just to ourselves, but also the future of uh, the United States democracy and probably democracies all across the world, because numbers can be twisted. Um, moving on. What we want to do, you know, as far as we, uh, now we're jumping into more of the strategical aspect of how to uh, teach math to beginners or, yeah, to beginners. And we need to embrace the importance of math, I think, first, because math is a universal language that's best learned as early as they're willing to learn it. So I've tried to get my kids to learn it as early as possible. And uh, I don't, but I don't use force. I just encourage uh, them. Hopefully they're showing some signs of interest, which eventually they have. And showing the value of math along the way, you know, to build that interest prevents resistance and fosters a long-term retention as well. You know, if you force them, they're just not going to retain it. I know everything that was forced to me, unless it was forced over and over and over again, I really don't retain it. It was kind of a waste of time. And as far as the energy spent on forcing me to do it, my gosh, if you just make me enjoy it and pull me along as opposed to push me, um, it would have been a lot quicker and a lot less energy for both of us and a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> so that's what I try and do with my children as I try and uh, pull them along by making them interested in math because math is cool because it, it explains so much about the world. So um, that's, that's, that's really my big strategy. Teach it early and point it out, show how it's useful. Now, the, the way I do it, uh, like teach the actual math then, <clears throat> is I integrate math into a daily activities. That's one strategy. I utilize it in real life scenarios to teach these concepts. For example, we might do it in baking and cooking, uh, it's ways to enjoy teaching fractions and measurements, uh, building, we're, we're building, uh, an RV out of a box truck and taking measurements in that is very, uh, helpful and doing the math on that and explaining fractions. Um, money management, uh, we do it with that because we give them three different jars. When they make money, they have to first go over and put 10% in the give. And they split the rest, 50% in the spend and 50% in the save jars. And they're learning fractions, additions, and, and subtraction along the way with that. And they love counting their money. They love spending their money. <laughs> so uh, they're very motivated to learn this. And I don't, um, you, you know, within reason, I really don't <clears throat> let them put the money in the jars unless they're actively learning how to do it themselves, Because they're going to have to anyway, right? That's part of the whole thing. But uh, my goal is to keep them, again, intrinsically motivated, motivated within, not me forcing them. So I think this is a good way, at least putting money in the jars, is a good way to teach a lot of this. Because you'll say, well, you need to split this up. You need to learn fractions, percentages, all this stuff. And then you start with the basics and say, I can teach you. And uh, I, with my children, they've they've shown an interest and in it, you know, especially after some frustration of not getting it right, not understanding it. It's like, okay, let's get down in front of pen and paper and figure this out. 
and you do that enough times, eventually they pick up on it. They're smart. They're learning machines. Um, as far as continuing to build that intrinsic desire to learn, uh, when they have savings goals, trust me, they want to know how much they have to spend. <laughs> and you can introduce concepts like multiplication and division even within this time because, uh, you know, for example, if they have a savings goal for a video game, let's say, it's $30. Well, how many months if I save $5 a month that will it take? How many months will it take if I do five, 10 months? And you start to learn these concepts of multiplication and division uh, and the, the value of it. So that way they can predict something when they will get something that's meaningful to them. Therefore, it's a useful thing. It's valuable to learn, right? And that's what we're going after. Just And it's a daily thing. You're looking for these kinds of things. <clears throat> In addition, I don't know if I cover this later. I don't think I do. I, I want to say I, I, I cover theory very early on. I don't hold back. Once they understand the theory of something, if I find an opportunity to point out the theory of the next thing, I do point it out. For example, with math, uh, with math, well, it's, it's what I'm talking about, um, with addition and subtraction and then geometry and multiplication and all these things, we, we, we they build on each other, right? So once we understand addition and subtraction, we start understanding without memorizing the multipli multiplication. We understand the theory of multiplication, the theory of uh, division. And we then move on to algebra and uh, the theory of it. Not necessarily putting that in, down on paper at that point, but just understanding the concepts so that way they're able to formulate uh, an idea of what math is in their head that you're going to, you know, just laying the foundation for the future that you're going to be able to dive into later. And then you go over and get some practice with addition and subtraction. And eventually when they got that down, you're moving into multiplication and division. And once they got that down, then you're going into whatever you decide is next. Um, I think that that's been my strategy because that's how my brain works. I need to understand the theory behind it first. Once I got that foundation, I can move on to the next thing. And there's really no reason you can't learn theory pretty quickly. Uh, getting the answer right on the other end is another thing. And that's why uh, I don't do it on paper as much. You really need to focus on one thing at a time, in, in my opinion, to be able to learn uh, math. You know, master one part, then move on to the next is what I'm saying. Anyways, um, so if I see, you know, going back to integrating it with daily activities, if I see that uh, we have a lesson here in what algebra is, I point it out and we talk about algebra or fractions or whatever it might be. Moving on, uh, we make it a family affair. Math is a family affair. We regularly discuss and practice math at home and we have it as a shared experience. It's kind of a, you know, a fun thing to show that you know your multiplication table or you um, know addition or you know how to you know do something cool with math. Um, <laughs> we, we, we play games that involve math. For example, this week we played Monopoly and I always put the person who's weakest with math, meaning the newest person learning it, uh, they're always the banker. So they have to do the math and then they just get in the habit of understanding how numbers work and they intuitively start to sense what, you know, you give them $300, they know it's 30 back when you paid 270, that kind of thing. Um, you just start to do it in your head, and I think that's very important in the future, intuitively understanding math. That's why I also focus on the theory as well. Um, we also do flashcard competitions. 
for multiplication tables, that's where we're at right now. Again, I got a 10, eight and a five year old. So my oldest two are doing multiplication tables and we, with this, we, we dive into it and then we back off and then we dive in again. I think this is more of an osmosis thing with periods of heavy, uh, intentional focus in on it. So we'll do timed, uh, they'll do like the, they'll memorize all of the, let's say eights, eight, to, you know, eight times one through eight times 12. And then they have to, we'll, we'll shuffle up the cards because each card has eight times, you know, eight times one through eight times 12. And then we'll go eight times five, boom. They say the answer eight times nine. And then we just go through all the cards. Now, again, this isn't a competition between the kids because I don't necessarily try and encourage the competition between them because I want them to learn at their own pace. I want them to look at their self as their competition. So we uh, record the best times and then they have a goal to try and beat that. And once they got it down, they, they kind of know they got it down. And if they break a record, they break a personal best, we have a dance party, you know, and they may take a couple laps around the, the room to celebrate. <clears throat> and I think that's a lot of fun. We make it, we make it just a, an enjoyable experience and they're learning along the way, which is a lot of fun. Um, next is cultivating a, what I'm calling a math is cool mindset. <laughs> and this is where we demonstrate how math is not just useful, but also exciting. We can figure things out. Look how we can, you know, build something. If we know more math, look how, like for the example, the box truck we're converting to an RV. If you understand algebra and geom ge geometry, then we can do interesting things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Uh, so we're focusing very early on practical applications of how to do math. We, they build, they like to build structures with their, uh, if you've ever seen these magnetic kind of strips or blocks and you can build skyscrapers or you can build, you know, whatever you want there, just picture uh, a flat disc with magnets on the corners all the way around. So you can, you know, connect things together. My kids love doing that. We got a couple of those sets so they can build very big things. Well, discussing uh, the math behind really the physics, which is just applied math, uh, the physics behind the structure on how to build something even taller and how there's a load, right? And how gravity works and all these different things. So we can build something even bigger and bolder. Um, I think those are very helpful. And when, when your kids say something like, oh, I want to be an architect or an engineer, you could point out the fact that, you know, you're going to, you're going to understand in an excited way, right? Math is cool. You're going to be able to do so much with this. If you understand uh, the math behind everything, then you're going to be able to even build it better in figuring all that out. And uh, I think that's kind of cool, you know, make it, make it exciting, make it to where the more they understand, the more they know, the more they're going to be able to do because that's the truth. So I always make, make it a, it's, I don't know, in popular culture, at least in the United States, for some odd reason, math is boring and math is this and that. And it's just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. I don't know. I don't know why we think that or why we try and perpetuate that math is boring and I don't like math thing. But I suspect it's because we force kids to do it. That's probably why. But uh, math literally has changed the world. The Understanding the physics behind things and then going over manipulating uh, 
you're under, manipulating the world based off what you know about the physics is what create created the world as you know it. I'm talking to you in uh, where's 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 my biggest countries that are that are listeners um france and germany and um i got listeners even in india and australia and uh i mean on the other side of the world i'm in ohio i'm in cleveland and this wasn't possible even what 25 years ago or so i mean the internet was what really what made this possible but i can reach anyone like i'm a radio host because i am and I put it out there and you guys can listen to me so we can all have new information in a specialized radio show about unschooling. <laughs> you know, it's, it's insane to think about 25 years ago, but here it exists and it's because the math, that we understood the math behind everything and now we're able to uh, create technology that is, enables us to do really cool things. And I don't think you get there without the math. So math really is actually one of the coolest things you can learn. And that's why I think it's uh, so integral, especially the theoretical understanding of it um, and the practical application as well too. But anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, we also need to come up with strategies for making math engaging. So focusing on mental math tricks and shortcuts to make calculations kind of uh, fun and impressive, I think is a, is a great strategy. Uh, to help your kids want to learn it because you know they, they get to uh, for example if you're trying to add or maybe, maybe subtract is a better example where you're trying to subtract uh, my previous example 300 you have 300 minus 270 so for a younger or a beginner uh, child who's trying to figure this out they're sitting there counting their toes right and what you can do is start to teach them how to break it down all these little m mental math tricks and you could say well let's go over and get rid of the zero on the end and how far away are we? Oh, three, now add the zero back in. All right, now you're 30 away. And it's just like these little hacks that you can do uh, to make it easier. And I won't go into all the little hacks, but uh, there's books, there's literally books on there on how to do mental math. And I suggest you check that out. They're a very short read. And it's really, I, I don't know why we don't teach these in school. Some schools, I think, do, because I'm not the only one who learned some of this stuff. And, and I know other people haven't read these books, but it's amazing to me how many mental math hacks there are out there to be able to get very close to your answer or to actually get the answer without having to write it down. Look into it. It's, it's amazing. Um, but teaching them these hacks where they can go up to an adult and they, you know, you get the family Christmas get, get together and you say, well, uh, this, you know, my child here is, you know, everyone, they're learning uh, multiplication and look, look what they just learned recently. And they get up and they show off something they just learned and they used a, a mental math hack and it looks like a magic trick because, oh my gosh, how did you know that without writing it down? It's kind of a cool thing and it makes them love it. It's, it's, it's just fun. Um, I also think another strategy for making math engaging is to reinforce learning through repetition and revisiting concepts over time. Don't think it's a one and done thing when you do this. Um, something that's become more apparent to me, uh, as I teach my kids math is that we will focus in on one concept. Oftentimes what we try and do is put that on paper, um, then, then we back off. Like we'll do it intensely. We'll really 
get some mastery with it within the moment, then we'll back off. We'll then focus on theory again. We're building on whatever they learned, the concepts, and then we might dive back into it if uh, they need to. And we move fast as well. I think once you learn how to do one-digit math, you don't need to just do like a million pages of one-digit math. You could probably learn how to do two-digit math. And if you learn two-digit math, you can do 12-digit math, you know, up to. I wouldn't jump straight to 12-digit math, but you see where I'm going with it. Like you can move pretty quickly because it's the same same strategy. You're just doing more of it. And I actually think using those bigger numbers is helpful for to reinforce it. And once they get that, then you move on to something more challenging, but give them small incremental steps uh, to be able to build on and slightly more challenging, just out of the reach. It's kind of like uh, rock climbing where the next move is going to take some effort to get there. You're not there yet. You're going to reach for it and you're going to have to pull yourself up. It's going to take some effort. Uh, that's It's the same way with uh, math. Put it just out of the reach. You don't want to make it so far out that they're just they don't even see being able to understand this or get it just out of the reach. And that's how you grow small little things, leave it alone and then come back. Um, sometimes it's just through osmosis and continuing to revisit things. I know I've showed my, uh, my kids how to do math on paper multiple times, the multiplication tables we've gone over multiple times. Eventually they're going to get it and we won't even have to revisit it. I know that's how it is for, for adults as well. Um, next is preparing for the future with math. And I like to connect math skills with real world applications and future career aspirations. I lately covered this like when my kids say, I want to build stuff for a living. I'm, oh, that's called an architect or an engineer. Um, we, we talk about uh, how to use that math within that uh, we do foster a vision for the future of how math can be instrumental in achieving in achieving their goals and dreams. For example, uh, it's not just career. It could be like we're converting the box truck over to an RV. And um, the, I'm going through the math right now as I'm going over building the 3D layout. I need to understand the math to be able to do this. And uh, when I'm doing measurements and I'm doing... Uh, you know, just trying to figure out all, you know, spinning it around in my own head. I think it's important to point that out along the way to your children when you do something like that to show this is how the world works. This is what, if you want to do anything in the future similar to this, you're going to have to know this and they see the value of it. And we just invite them in and we teach them along the way. I, I don't think we have to stress too much about you know, doing worksheets, honestly, like, yeah, there's a role for it, but let me just rant on worksheets for a minute. I think worksheets is, exist, and this is my own opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I think worksheets exist to send home with children so their parents can teach them. <laughs> I know there's value in repetition. However, when my kid comes home, and doesn't know how to do the worksheet, who does that fall on, like as far as the responsibility to, to teach them? They're not gonna open up the book, you're gonna have to sit down and explain it to them. They're not gonna YouTube it, at least not at a young age, right? I 
think they also, if, if that's true, then they offload a lot of the teaching, the practical teaching uh, that needs to happen in order to learn these concepts because they're going to have questions. And when you're teaching 20, 30 kids at a time, that's very difficult. Uh, I think that you can learn this stuff in a classroom. However, uh, assuming that everyone will learn these fundamental things in that way, because this can be very difficult, math can be very difficult, is a, a pretty far assumption. And then saying that they're behind because they didn't pick up when they needed the one-on-one -on -one attention. And maybe they didn't have that ability because both parents are working and school was supposed to teach them. And the parents count on that. <laughs> and then they come home and they're like, you're on your own. You know, I think that's doing a kid a disservice. So just sending home worksheets and saying, do it over and over and over again. And that's how you're going to learn. Yeah. Maybe repetition. There's some value, but the, the way I handle repetition is I do some worksheets with them, but I make it up on my own. At least that's where I'm at right now. In the future, we'll probably do something that's a little more, uh, you know, that we purchase that that's helpful, but I, I don't think we need to do that yet. I just intuitively try and find where the next run, running with the, uh, rock climbing example, where that next grip is, where that next place I, they need to, that's just out of their reach. And I put it in front of them. I don't do it over and I don't do the same thing over and over and over again. That's boring. That's why people hate math in my opinion. We want that. We want to stretch them and we don't do it for long periods of time, by the way, don't do this for more than like 20 minutes. I mean, when you first start out, don't do, do it for more than 10 or 15 minutes, max, max, max. But as they get interested, you're going to want to do it for a little bit longer time, right? So we might get 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, sometimes an hour if they're really interested, if it's a hard problem and you're explaining concepts, but you don't really want to push them that far. You don't want, my goal is to only have them do math until the question, the, uh, how do I say this? I should, let me, let me back up. I should always end our time doing math with, I can't wait to learn that next. I'll end it on a high note because you don't want them to dread the next time you're going to get together. You don't want to exhaust them. You say, hey, and next time I'm going to teach you how to add into the quintillions. And they're like, quintillions? I can do that? And yeah, you can do that. I bet you can. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, but we're going we're, we're gonna to go over that later. And they're like, all right. They're excited about it. It's something to look forward to. They, they're very engaged. You still have their attention. And again, that's the genius. You know, unlock your child's genius in, in the title of this podcast. That's part of unlocking their genius. Get them interested. You're pulling them into it, not pushing them into it. So maintain their interest. Um, anyways, moving on. That was a little bit of a tangent. Uh, again, repetition is good but keep their interest. Okay. Build on the con. If you can build on a concept and still keep repetition within there, for example, adding five digits versus 20 digits, they're still learning the same concept, but you're still putting that next grip just out of their reach. And I think that's good. And plus it's cool to say that they're learning how to, you know, add into the millions and billions and trillions and whatever else. Um, Lastly, I'm going to talk about the role of parents in math education. I think the parents' involvement and enthusiasm for math is significantly impactful in the child's learning. I think you frame how math is perceived within their head at a young age. And framing it as, a, as something exciting that can be a useful tool, something that you can 
really change the world with is very important and it's true uh, again i don't know why mainstream television makes it sound you know everyone hates math and television shows it's like and the only person that doesn't or that uh, likes math is kind of the nerd or you know i i don't think that needs to be the case i think there are plenty of people who like math they just don't even know they like it they were just forced to do it over and over again so let's change that stereotype um by changing our within ourselves first and then modeling that with our children and then get them excited about changing the world with math if that's if that's what they want to do um share personal experiences and success where math has played a key role and uh hearing those stories oftentimes let it sit for a bit might be just the nudge in the right direction that makes them open to it again if you are coming out of school and when I say again, I mean, this is a theme that we need to talk about more than once. If you're just coming out of a schooling atmosphere, meaning you had your kids in public school, private school, you were doing homeschooling with a curriculum that you had to stick to, uh, any kind of schooling like that where there, where it's a forced curriculum, you're going to, you know, if you're an unschooler, if you believe in this philosophy of it should be interest-led and... Uh, you know, self-directed learning by the child, then you're going to have to have a cooling off period we call de-schooling where they're they're saying, I don't want to do any math. I don't want to read. I don't want to do whatever they're not enjoying at the time. And eventually, eventually they'll start to get interested in other things. Okay. Now I've been unschooling my children since the beginning. And if you've listened to the podcast, uh, episode that I call what is intentional in schooling I explain that we're, we amp up the parents involvement to a 10 out of 10 level to give them the support they need to, to thrive we expose them to things that uh, will broaden their horizons where they can dive in get it you know we support them in any way we can to help them thrive we encourage them in certain ways to get into things that we know will be beneficial to them and this is part of it right Getting them excited about math is part of that intentional um, intentional unschooling strategy. So, um, yeah, I think I'll stop there. I, th- I think we're, we're, we're long enough. <laughs> and we got a pizza party tonight with uh, some neighbors, so I got to be done. So, with that, uh, stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from the Algebra Nightmares. I'll catch you in the next episode. Parents, are you terrified your unschooled child isn't learning enough? Or are you a homeschooling veteran eager to level up by incorporating in unschooling principles? Maybe you're newly venturing into homeschooling and already doubting your decision. Whatever the stage, overwhelm is real, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Matthew Jarecki from Unschooled Unleashed, and I've got huge news. I'm thrilled to introduce Homeschool Rescue, Unschooled Unleashed's signature coaching package. Whether you're all in on unschooling or just dipping a toe, this tailored coaching package is your roadmap to a confident and thriving education no matter how hectic life gets. Bold moves make bright futures. Join our Homeschool Rescue coaching program through the link in the description and set your child's genius free. 
So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world, and the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message, and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.